Hello, welcome back to OP is OP, the podcast where we go through the One Piece universe front to back. I, as always, am the super veteran, Punk Armstrong, Justin, joined by my co-host and super rookie, S Panda, Jacob. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. It's been a little while, but don't worry, we're here to uh, cover some good chunk of chapters. We're going from 1065 to 1068, which is on the day of recording, officially just came out today. For you guys, it's been a couple days. And things are starting to slow down in the sense of plot dump, I would think, at 1068 finally. But now things are picking up action-wise. Because 1068 leaves off with, oh, CP0 is on Egghead. And now pe- the pieces are starting to move now. Like, we got all this information, and now we're getting movement finally. Yeah, um, we got huge plot dumps. Just info dumps in the last four chapters. It's crazy. All- and not even just purely plot either. Like a lot of it, some of it is character based too. And that was really good for myself. Um, but before we get there, uh, we could probably cover like a little smaller things maybe first before we go to the the, the main topics. Um, like the couple of chapters, for example, we they cover, they reminded us that Caribou is still present. <laughs> and then he was right. just like, hey, can you take me off this island? And Zoro and Brooke just go, nah, you're fine. Just fuck off. <laughs> you're good. You're fine. Um, yep see you later throughout the um four chapters as well we've been reminded of like the motif of the importance of energy right in 1065 lilith is explaining to frankie's group that yeah this entire island is powered by the energy with fire it's like we can create our own sun here but we can do more than that right and frankie obviously is very interested in that and then we find out later on that that is connected to vegapunk's ultimate dream we also get a glimpse at Jimbe, uh, sorry, the Seraphim Jimbe, S-Shark is yeah, what they call S- him. S-Shark? Well, no, is it S-Shark? Yeah, they call him S-Shark. And they also revealed or even confirmed that they can replicate Devil Fruit to almost perfection now. Because the S-Shark is given the Swim Swim Fruit that we Senior talked about Pink that had. as well. Like, wondering mm-hmm. if they had Devil Fruit, etc. Yeah, and this one, it's like, yeah, straight up, it does. And it's appropriate, too, because it's like, oh, it's a shark, you can swim, ha-ha. But obviously, when Frankie points out, like, oh, I, I know that power. <laughs> and That's pretty crazy to think about the mix and match of, of now you can add a devil fruit, like, to people that didn't have them. Like, we were, we thought maybe you could emulate people's... I mean, that's not even true, because we did know that, because the Kumas had lasers. I guess we mm-hmm. just didn't know that he could, he could just copy any devil fruit, not just Logia's was the question. And now we know, for sure, having seen S-Shark, little Jimbe mm-hmm. here, like, they can copy Paramecia's of people just... I, I don't know, they don't, they don't have Senor Pink, right? That's what I don't uh, understand. That's the confusion yeah, that's- part. Yeah, that's the that was my concern too, because we know Doflamingo was defeated. Uh, we know Doflamingo was apprehended. They don't have Senor Pink, I guess I should say. Yeah, that's what I say. We know uh, we know Doflamingo is apprehended, but we don't know about his officers. So, like, we didn't get like a mini side story or like a po- a pre chapter story with them. I don't think we did. We only got like no. that fan art. Oh, sorry, not the fan art, but we got like the commission that Oda made with Senor Pink drinking with Frankie at the bar. But that's it. So we don't know about Senor Pink's fate. But regardless. They got the information, right, to replicate the Swim Swim fruit. Um, and yeah, S-Shark is incredibly deadly. He was able to keep up with the half of the Straw Hats pretty well. And actually, another question we got answered is whether or not they can have multiple Devil Fruits. And it kind of seems like they can. Yeah, or lasers and Swim Swim. I guess the argument could swim, be swim. made 
that the it's just a laser. Yeah, like it's just like Frankie has a laser. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like the the radical beam. So that could be that too. But that that's basically two devil fruits, right? Almost. Could could you argue though that that's just because the technology is so good that it's still not an actual devil fruit? It is just really good technology. To be fair, I guess it's actually not as good as a devil fruit. Not even close, really, because you're you're losing the main aspect, like the biggest draw of the logia, like the intangibility, which he doesn't seem to have. Yeah, the awakening aspect. So yeah, I guess I guess it probably is just lasers specific, and then they can have a separate devil fruit, which is still really scary. Yeah, a, a hybrid. Because I was thinking like, oh, the technology is so good that you know it, it sounds as technology and not devil fruit. But I'm almost thinking like, you can develop technology that allows you to swim through solid ground. That's pretty. That's pretty crazy. Oh, you think if that is also some kind a possibility? Of Ooh, like in like within the realm of the One Piece universe rule right. set, right? So like in a sense, you could still give these seraphims actual devil fruit on top of the technology to replicate other devil fruit if that makes sense and that'll count as our one devil fruit unless there are machines that can handle multiple devil fruits that could just be the easier answer but yeah just a lot to think about um also it's just <laughs> also just seeing like little jimbe running around but kicking everyone's asses <laughs> it was just pretty funny to watch um, also, we get introduced to the rest of the Vega Punks uh, in these chapters. We get introduced to Edison, Pythagoras, and York. Um, I think it's safe to say they're of the designs, these three are the weaker half of the Vega Punk designs. Um, yeah. Edison and Pythagoras are, they're fun robots, but they're whatever. And then York is this there for people to cosplay and for draw fan art, let's be honest. Uh, York, um, yeah, I literally thought she was Bonnie the first panel she was in. A lot of people did, yeah, because it's again, like, it's, it's just the aesthetic of like, all all the women just wear underwear. That's it. And then she's just no different. Right. Um, although I do appreciate the little joke we got, which was the scientific version of, uh, oh, you just got to poop to live. It's the EPS mode. <laughs> where it's like, York <laughs> is responsible for eat, pooping, and sleeping. <laughs> she does all of it for us. Um, do we even neither bother doing a drip check segment for the Vegapunks? Because I think the very clear, obvious answer is Shaka, hands down. Don't even compare. Right? With the drip check for the Vegapunks. To who? The Vegapunks, right? All the satellites. The winner is Shaka, the guy who looks like Daft Punk. Oh, easily. He's, yeah. He's <laughs> yeah, the most drip. yeah, that's what I'm trying to get to because like, everyone else is like, oh, you're sci fi or whatever. Like, Atlas looks all right. It looks, reminds me of, um, gosh, I'm super brain farting right now. Oh my God, classic. Astro Boy. Reminds us of Astro Boy. Yeah. And Lilith is a mech pilot, sure. But, like, motherfucker, you're, you got Daft Punk's helmet with, like, Organization 13 cloak. And you're just like strutting around with your hands in your pocket. And you're just like, you're just suave just standing there. <laughs> you win, hands down. Even compared to the other straw hats, Chaka is looking the best in this arc by far. So, I think. Frankie looks pretty good, bro. We've talked he does about look, that already, though. Frankie yeah, he Frankie does look looks, good. I think he looks better still. But yeah, he looks really good. But if you were to compare Frankie to Chaka, I would still say Chaka has a better drip. Um, although Frankie is perfect for himself. Uh, let's see. So. I think those are like the small points I wanted to cover, like the really tiny points before we get to the, obviously the bigger topics. Oh, I guess, uh, it might come up later on. I guess, I think Bonnie has entomophobia, the fear of insects, just because of that little gag, the little gag that happened where the insects attacked her and then she just was passed out for the right. last two chapters. Um, that might yeah, come into like play a later on. Yeah, thing, I think, being afraid of bugs. Yeah, but her, she straight up like passed out like she was foaming at the mouth. a lot of bugs. Yeah. All up in the, her grill. Yeah, I don't blame her for that. Um, and then I think the other key detail is just that the real Kuma is on his way. 
after trying to after he was going through repairs on where the revolutionaries were stationed at, he pawed himself out after uh, Shaka or Vegapunk gave the command to defend us or whatever. And it's like somehow he heard the command still and then popped his way towards Egghead. Yeah, like maybe he's keyed into punk records somehow is what it seems like. Mm, after all, he was experimented there. He was turned into a cyborg there. So, yeah, maybe that chip's still in him. Um, yeah, so I think those are the small details. Oh, wait, one more, one more, one more. It's the, it's the funny one where <laughs> Vegapunk is like, like, did you happen to run across, uh, when you went to Punk Hazard, uh, a replicated double fruit of <laughs> Kaido? <laughs> and they go, yeah, it was awesome. Our, this guy named Momo, he ate the fruit, turned into a dragon and everything. What color was he? Just Luffy deadpan pink? Then <laughs> Punk just fucking headbutting himself on the ground, going, What a complete failure, fraud. It was awful. Yeah. I'm just like, that's yep. And I think that was yeah, like another theory confirmed. Yeah, it was a meme theory, but it ended up being true. Like, yeah, it's just like, yeah, he's a perfectionist. It's not exact color, it's pink. Oh my god, it's a failure. <laughs> However, the meme also kind of also confirms that Momo does have indeed almost a one-for-one replica of Kaido's mythicals zone fruit, which is incredibly impressive. I mean, so he can replicate that, though. <laughs> yeah, know. I know, I know. But there was always that little th- fear I had that is it not a hundred percent as powerful? Like maybe like even like let's say like Momo goes to a training arc right off off screen, he will never be as powerful as Kaido in terms of just pure raw like devil fruit power. But this confirms no, it's one for one replica. Wano very firmly showed that it's the same personally yeah i'm, th- I'm thinking li- no a little strength wise already yeah sorry again like, it was just a little thought in my head a little doubt of like is it really as powerful because again it's a replica it's not the real devil fruit but this confirmed to me that no vegapunk's genius in replicating the devil fruit is 100 percent. he just is just bed putting himself because it's not 100 percent perfect um uh okay so those are all my small points do you have any other small points you want to just mention real quick before we jump into the Vegapunk and the will of Ohara. Yeah, that's a big part of the of like the chapters for sure. Yeah, I'm just thinking like small parts before we get to the big parts. Um, yeah, because I think those are like little things I want to talk about. So I think we should cover first and foremost. Yeah, the the whole reveal that you know, hey, Luffy and gang, and then Chaka telling to Frankie's group. Yeah, the technology you see on this island, it's reverse engineered from an ancient kingdom 900 years ago which was very convenient for me and you because we literally did an episode recovering skypia and our main theory for that episode being hey there's possible theory that these kingdoms these civilizations existed that were far more advanced in the past but this one confirms that void kingdom is also technologically advanced it's a weird bunch of chapters for for me and maybe for you as well. So if you're really familiar with all these, the theory community, I guess you could call it, and people that mm-hmm. theorize and be talking about this, because these last few chapters have just kind of confirmed like everything is how it feels, right? That yeah, a lot picking of popular up on, like, everything's starting to fall into place at least on so many of the big community theories. Mm-hmm. And the best part about it to me though is I'm I know I'm new, so I'm not, I didn't linger on with these theories as long as you guys have. But what I like about it, though, is that it, I don't feel like we're being punished for knowing. I feel like we're being rewarded because there's always that that fear that a lot of writers have, like especially in their, you know, in the big TV series like Game of Thrones, where, oh, fans have theorized or figured out what's going to happen. Let's change it. It's like, no, if the fans figure it out, it's because you're doing a good job putting the pieces in place for your hardcore fans to figure it out ahead of time. 
And so when we actually get the reveal, everyone's happy going, oh, shit, we were on the right track. Awesome. And then you have the connection between the writer and the reader, right, or the audience. We're like, hey, we're, we understand what's going on. We're on track. So I'm glad that Oda didn't, like, get cold feet and be like, eh, nah, it's not old technology. Nah, it's just it's a one-time thing. It's a gimmick. It's no big deal. And so I'm glad he stuck his guns with this one. Um, but, and then we have the connection with that, with the the void in history of the ancient technology, with Vegapunk's ultimate dream, right? Which is why he's now in big trouble and in, tar- uh, in the crosshairs of CP0 at the world government, is because he wants to develop a limitless, abundant, clean energy right for the entire world to use because even according to Jinbei, if you had if you if that was ever achieved a major factor in nations declaring war which is you know for resources right for energy that would go away because everyone has an abundant amount of it and vegapunk says yeah precisely that's a it's a possible way to world peace it's not gonna be perfect obviously there's other pieces but that major piece would be plugged it would be fixed and that however requires him to try and research and reverse engineer this giant robot that attacked Mary Joa 200 years ago, which they explicitly mention or remind us for whatever reason, right, in quotes, whatever, about, oh, this is when the fishman discrimination issues really started to rise up. And that's also when the robot attacked. And I'm just like, oh, what are you doing here? What are you planning? Are we are we going back to back to Fishman Island? Is that what you're telling us? Yeah, I don't mind. <laughs> um, I don't know where we're going. When you like, yeah. ask it. it's where do you think this arc's leaving? Let's let's ask that. Okay, so I think immediately it, we're going to Elbaf. Uh, we haven't talked about the Willow Bahar yet, but when we get there, yeah, it's to me it, it seems very clear that we're going to Elbaf immediately next. But I still think after Elbaf or a few more locations after that, we'll get like a almost like a retreading territory where. I don't know if the Straw Hats will, but we'll be focused again on Marijoa or even Fishman Island in this case now. Because, hey, we got that prophecy to remember about like, oh, Joy Boy will take the Fishmen on their Noah's Ark to their promised land, right? At some point. And then again, like the robot, that ancient golem that I think, I think they're implying it was underwater near Fishman Island and then it woke up 200 years ago. I don't know what they're implying with that. Again, that little line drop with Shaco like explaining it to Frankie's group of like, oh, this is when the Fishman discrimination happened. I'm thinking, okay, but why would he bring that up? Rather than just say 200 years ago, you know, you don't hear characters go 900 years ago when this other thing happened, this void happened. And this is for a reason, right? They want to remind you, hey, it's explicitly important. In this case, okay, the Fishman discrimination thing, I feel like it's a reminder that, hey, maybe the robot was underwater the whole time. Maybe that was part of the reason why maybe the Caponoglyph was moved, right? Maybe the the robot moved the initial Caponoglyph somewhere else. So maybe that robot, I don't know if, if it's alive or sentient, but if they get it activated, maybe it will know where that last road Poneglyph is as well. There's these possibilities to consider just from that little, that one little line of connection. Yeah, I agree. Something will definitely come of that. And I, I also think we're probably going to Elbop. I think we said that on air before as well, that mm-hmm. we didn't know exactly how we were going to get there. Or at least before this, we thought Elbop was next, right? Before Egghead. Yeah, so just because it was the next big there game. Now, especially now that we have the whole... The lead up mm-hmm. to the giant crew being there, so all those alive, you know, yeah. Yeah. That's where that's where we're going next for sure. Yeah. So Well, actually because... wait, wait, let me bring something up. Mm-hmm. That that's a small connection, but is it an Elbof crew that did they mention that explicitly? Because Saul's not from Elbof. I'd like to point that out once again. He's, yeah, he's specifically is the one giant we know that is not from there. 
Yeah, wasn't he actually racist towards his own kind? He was just like, oh, we're barbarians. Uh, he, we're, did, we're he was a little, yeah, he's like, oh, I'm not a savage. <laughs> like the yeah, I'm not, I'm not a barbarian. He's like, don't lump me in with them, bro. Like, Jesus, dude. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was actually kind of messed up a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. A little, little yeah. off-key, bro, but. Yeah, I don't think they said it was a specific pirate crew that rescued the books. They just said it was just giants from Elbaf, and then Saul went with them. Because I wonder if know. that was them being racist and just assuming all giants are from Elbaf. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. It probably racism. is going to be Elbaf, right? That makes the most sense. Yeah, especially when we got the scene as well, which is like it almost seems very tense, and then it turned to like a very, very nice emotional scene when Shaka is explaining he's actually coming with his theories to Robin directly because he's aware you were the child of Ahara. You came from there. You're the lone survivor. As far as the public knows of Ohara, you're the lone survivor. And I'm here to tell you that Ohara won. Your family, your your colleagues, they didn't die for nothing. Those books they threw out, the Marines didn't give a shit about them because they're too, I don't know, simple. They just thought, oh, what a bunch of books, whatever. They just survived the fire, then left. Giants came by, probably from the request of Jaguar, or maybe it was because they just found the area. They rescued all, they, sorry, rescued, they retrieved all the books, they brought them to Elbaf, and you got that scene where um, we get almost confirmation as well that, because we weren't sure about this either, is the man scarred by fire, the one that kid brought up. Um, I think I that think was we, confirmed. I think we, we threw Saul out, right? I think maybe, I don't think that I was my first did. guess, but we had the possibility. If maybe. we didn't, I, I had definitely heard the possibility being thrown around, and I thought it was possible as well. And well, yeah. no, they were right. Whoever's mm-hmm. idea that was nailed it. Yep, absolutely. And But the best part about it was just, because Robin's going through a bunch of emotions hearing all this news, but then she hears that little oh, I tidbit. I love that panel. Exactly, yeah. It's great. Where, yeah, it goes, wait, that giant, the Scarred by Fire, is his name uh, Saul, right? And then Vegapunk just goes, mm. like, I can neither confirm nor deny it, right? But uh, that's obviously... The question is, how do you love that Saul's alive? I'm much totally fine love with the it. panel. Saul? Yeah, so I, I know what you're alluding to. Uh, personally, I never I mean, saw I Saul as a... I'm literally asking. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you're, I know, sorry, I'm, I know you're alluding to a bigger discussion that a lot of fans were having um but my answer for this is for jaguar d saul i didn't think he was dead the attack that was used against him even when we were recovering Eni's lobby was time capsule it wasn't time it wasn't uh, sorry it wasn't See, like ice coffin it was de- ca- yeah time I'm, obviously i've heard the possibility and it was cl- you can say it's foreshadowed i still don't love it you don't love it still? Well, I don't love love it but i'm just like it yeah, makes sense like this one is more foreshadowed than most it's like arguably better than tell oh uh, yeah arguably but i yeah, still so, don't like it and that's just okay, what yeah. it is yeah so that was the bigger argument i thought you were alluding to alluding no, to which is though, just fake yeah which is alluding to the fake character deaths in one piece because yeah i'm getting a little sick of it you yeah, know yeah, one too many. We're getting this one too was many. like there, here's the thing it's not that i hate this one in particular but it does Magnify, remind you of the like, trope man minus minus that one scratch that off the list of the very few characters yeah. that have actually died in one piece now we're at the point like do characters die in flashbacks <laughs> i don't know you know <laughs> so it's knows? like come on man like yeah so because of what we're seeing in that flashback that's why the jaguar d soul is alive thing did not surprise me at all and made me actually happy but pell for example he should have absolutely died um, I still think Kinemon should have died back at Wano when he was attacked by Kaido. Um, probably a few other characters too, actually, in Wano. Then there was also, um, 
the father in Whole Cake Island, he survived somehow after like waving to the child before it looked like he was beheaded or stabbed. And then he was in the pre-chapter stories afterwards. Like he said how he survived. He should have died. Um, but yeah, I see what you were getting at because like, for example, if we suddenly got the reveal that, oh, Bellamere is still alive, for example, I'd be like, no, fuck no. Well, Bellamere no. is still alive, bro. She's in the dungeon. What are you saying? No, fuck about? off. <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> Real ones get it. Continue. Yeah, no, no, no. You're is that? I, that's what it's the a four kids four, joke. Yeah, the four yeah. kids. Yeah, the four kids dub. Yeah, they said, "Oh, she's not dead. She's in the dungeon." <laughs> wait, they wait a the dub give people false hope that Nami and Bellamere can be reunited. But <laughs> God, that sucks. But yeah, that's my point too. Where it's like, yeah, there's a couple but of I characters mean, that definitely that's should have also died. that's kind of where we are now, right? Where they're mm-hmm. like, "Oh, she actually wasn't dead. She was in the dungeon," and you just say, "Okay." Yeah, right? see, that one, I would straight up be pissed, because narratively that makes no sense. She was shot in the fucking head in that flashback. <laughs> she should not have died. Arguably, I think people have taken much worse injuries, to be fair. Yeah, I you think mean, Pell you can... took a much worse injury and lived. Yeah, but that's exactly my point, where it's like, yeah, Pell was point uh, ground zero for a massive bomb, but then you could also be like, well, he's also a Devil Fruit user, and Devil Fruit users have better defense in terms of stats and i'm just like whatever <laughs> it still it still sucked he didn't even have a real character arc either it's just that was his arc and then he just was still alive because i don't know fan requests i i really don't know why like pell had no reason yeah, to still alive. Like, i don't know anyway i get that he's sorry. popular he was dope but i mean like, yeah he looked yeah he looked cool <laughs> but that's it with that. listen yeah, to the alabasta cool. episode if you haven't heard it. <laughs> yeah exactly um but yeah so overall the reveal that Jaguar's still alive. Um, oh, also, that was actually another point I want to bring up is we're told this, right? And we get this emotional scene. We could still have a very tragic outcome where Jaguar is actually in critical condition or he's not actually alive. Maybe something happens to him before they reach the Jaguar. That's still a possibility, right? So it's not very one PC for that to happen, but it's also very tragic, which is Robin's whole backstory in a nutshell. Which is just everyone just dying on her. So that's still a possibility. But even then, until we get the confirmation with hopefully what will be a very happy and teary reunion in the future at Elbaf, we still got that great panel where Robin is like cry- ugly crying of happiness. And it's a very nice change of pace because we're used to the, the sad, ugly cries. But this one was a very nice one exchange. So very nice. Rent free in my head. And panel. real quick, you'd mentioned the cover stories. Uh huh. Where did we leave off last? Uh, Caesar Clown Escaping from no, the Caesar Clown escaped from Holkick Island. He is now currently in a fist fight with. Yeah, Judge. that's the new stuff. So he's now he's fought, he fist fought Judge, and they to a standstill. It seems seems to be a draw. Yeah, and they're, they're still like, I don't remember up. you. Do I remember you? I don't remember you. And now he, they're like, all yeah, he's up now. in German Kingdom now, where they're at. Yep, North Blue. That's North so Blue, right? It's important to mention because he'll be back. Caesar yeah, and I, Judge will be back. Yeah, I really thought this Cicero would have been over like four chapters, five chapters ago, because I thought once they revealed that... I think uh, it might be over now, honestly. Maybe. I hope so. <laughs> Just because when Pudding got kidnapped, it was confirmed by uh, Kuzon, uh, right? That's his name? Yeah. Um, when she was kidnapped by Kuzon and the Blackbeard Pirates, I thought, okay, that's the end of that um, that pre-chapter story, because holy shit, what a way to wrap it up. But instead, it, now we're still going on to confirm that Clown is with Germa 6-6, which I'm guessing is confirming that, yeah, they will definitely come back at some point because this is still going on. <laughs> and then Clown and Judge are just like, 
well, I don't remember you. Do I remember you while they're fighting each other? So yeah, it, it seemed like Judge didn't recognize Caesar, even though they were both mad scientists. Yeah, the and they, because they did work together at the uh, the MAD program, I think it was called MAD or something like that. MADS, yeah, MADS, MADS. So, but the reason, but the fact that they forgot tells me, you know, some foolery is afoot. Where somehow they forgot, maybe through like brainwashing or potion, or I don't know. Or maybe Caesar um, was just an errand boy. Yeah, <laughs> or yeah, maybe Caesar Clive <laughs> really is just a nobody and wants to be. I think that would make so sense. Bad. It'd be pretty funny as well. I mean, yeah, I would prefer that one just because I just don't like clown <laughs> Caesar Clown. Uh, pettiness, man. I'm calling it every time you mention it. I'm going to remind you he is related to Buggy. I'm. I feel it. You'll see. <sighs> There's familial relation in the in the family of clown. <laughs> the, the, you know, the, you know, the vibe is the same between Caesar and Buggy. People will look That's back on the way to explain it. Listen, twenty years down the line, when hopefully one piece is wrapped up nice and well. As well, he, I'd like to remind you that who who was like the first villain of Romance Dawn? It was uh, and who's the first villain of the New World? Uh, wait. I rest Buggy, my case. Buggy wasn't the first villain, but I think I'm missing you mean first iconic returning villain? Uh, I mean, like... Because you're... Because we're talking about the Mountain Bandit. I guess Bandit, not counting... Axehan Morgan. And then Mountain Bandit. And then the Lord of the Coast. Well, Higuma, Higuma wasn't in the beginning. I was, like, past the Mountain Bandit. I guess... I don't... Morgan's not... He's not the pi- the first villain the way that I would consider him, I guess. That's why that's why I was yeah, that's what I was trying to help you when I was just like, Oh, you mean returning villain? Because Buggy's the first one to return. Well, I'm saying either, they both are faced first in like the parallel way, and I feel like he's gonna be the returning buggy later as well. Oh, you know what? Buggy's the first devil fruit villain that we encounter in one piece. That's why it's more he's more iconic. Because Axon Morgan is just like, you know, a mutant. And then like, the mountain bat like is just a dude. Buggy feels like he's the first of the rogues gallery, if you will. Yeah. A crazy one. Sorry, what I was saying earlier was that when One Piece is long, finished, and wrapped up, people will look back at what are some major, like, name, big name families in the One Piece universe to change everything. Is it the clown monkey family. family? No, it's the clown family. <laughs> They'll be on the list. Watch. Most notorious yeah. families. Hey, you know that, uh, you know, uh, that bird Hitori on Luchi's shoulder? You know what his last name is? Clown. He's behind it all. <laughs> the secret, the secret behind it all. A clown that ate the bird bird fruit. <laughs> so some bullshit. Sorry, we're memeing at this point. Um, so the will of Ahara we discuss. Um, oh, this the the flashback. Oh yeah, we didn't even t- really talk about, it, but we actually got the actual. There's one more kind of small thing at the very very end of 1068. Which do you think Luffy and Luffy are going to rematch? I know we talked about this last time. I think as uh-huh. well. Like, oh, CP Zero is coming. Are they going to fight again? But now they're like they have sensed each other via hockey. They're close, close yeah. together. Do you think they're going to fight as of right I, now? I I think if they well, that's a, a strange because I I want to say in my gut if they actually fight again one on one, Luffy's going to rock his shit in record. I time. think so too. <laughs> However. <laughs> He's carrying Bonnie on his shoulder right now, so it's like an escort mission rather than an actual straight fight. So if they do engage, it'll probably be Luffy and gang dealing with CP0 as a whole while they're trying to apprehend Bonnie or kill Bonnie, right? So maybe it'll be like... I I feel like like a a skirmish is incoming. Maybe not like a one-on-one. Yeah, but I've I've seen and agree with this as well, where if Luchi does fight, uh, like one of the straw hats. I really hope it's Robin, 
just so that Robin can just straight up get like the 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 whole wrap up on that. I w- if it doesn't happen, I wouldn't mind us that much, but I still think that again, if Luffy fought Do you Luchi one on one, could beat Luchi. I like, think so. Realistically, I think so. I'm, I'm not it, sure it, if I if I could believe. I that, think it's a closer yeah. fight. I think it's a much closer fight. Oh, we I, seen- I think it's a closer fight than Lucy versus Lucy as well. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't think. Uh, yeah, you know, you know, that's what it is. But I don't think. Yeah. Well, like that's that. why you have your Shona moment where it's like, oh, we see that devil form again that we saw in Wano, but we see more of it this time because last time we saw it, she did one thing with it and she won the mm-hmm. fight. So I don't know. Maybe we'll see more of that. I don't know. Um, and also be appropriate, right? Because that was when she was like, oh, if people call me the Demon of Ahara, the Demon Child, I will just embrace that, and then literally she will do I, that I think again. She'll probably confront him and get a hit in at least please just like one spank right one smack yeah, across yeah, the face big, right a big gigant <laughs> or what's what does she call her big ones it is giganto. Uh, Giga- what, yeah right? gigante gigante flore yeah, that's what we need i'm curious as well of like the other cp agents because again we don't know how stronger they got we know the giraffe guy's back um stussy i think is new um she was at whole cake island but i mean like new in the in the yeah, cp I- gang well, she's a uh, new new to us in the in the second half. She's not an old yeah, member. Because we don't have turning. most of CP9 with us anymore. We don't have, like, Bluno. We don't have Khalifa. We don't have... Um, uh, did this... Oda say in an SBS that they are also CP0 members? Sorry. Uh, have... Yeah, they're CP0, but they're not in this group. They're not the mass group. They're not yeah, the, just, uh, just the, the highest record, rank. Someone's going to say something. We do know that they are CP0 members. <laughs> yeah, that is true. But they're not um, present currently. Yeah, but they're not present right now. So... And also, man, t- see, that's another reason I can't justify. Po- and when I think about it like that, I do kind of feel like Robin should be smacking Lu- Lucci. Yeah. Because, like, you're still keeping pretty crappy company, you know? <laughs> There's no way you're all that strong to be to be a, a tear up to where I'm supposed to believe CP0 is a threat. I would actually think that... <sighs> when you still got... Pos- what's his name? Komodori on your roster? Get the fuck out of here. Right. Is that the hair guy? Yeah. <laughs> uh the guy who got his ass kicked uh did he get one shot by chopper by with chopper, the yes yeah but one to be fair to be fair yeah the monster form for the first time to be fair um but i'm still thinking like would it be enough if zoro and brooke alone because they're separated would would they be alone enough to take on cp0 as a whole i see i think luffy versus all of cp0 would be a fun fight Funner that would be fun. Any other, like you know, any mix. Oh, Luffy while carrying Bonnie. Or Zoro. Zoro could do it as well, possibly. But now that you said that, now I'm thinking like Luffy while carrying an unconscious Bonnie, fighting all of CP Zero, while everyone else is like trying to protect uh, Vegapunk. Honestly, from I else. would, I would like Luffy <gasps> oh! to get his his one v one hundred moment, quote unquote, like Zoro had. That's like yeah. still one of my favorite Zoro moments. I, I absolutely agree. So now expand on that. So Luffy with unconscious Bonnie fighting CP zero, all the other straw hats and the satellites versus uh, Kuma Seraphim. Ooh, yeah, that, that'd be cool. That could be a possibility because we established that. Uh, but then again, the Vegapunk satellites, they have three other Seraphims. I don't think the Kuma Seraphim is yeah, much stronger the than the other Faber three. is definitely leaning on our side here. Yeah, definitely. So that's why I'm curious of like how they're going to play. Uh, Oda's going to play this off. Because that's why I think like maybe the stakes are just more about protecting rather than just straight up fighting. But it's, it's also totally possible that Oda's just gonna be like, No, Luchi really is that strong and you know, who knows. Yeah, and that's and I think a lot of us are just gonna be like, I don't like we that though. I don't think I don't think that's gonna happen. But. Yeah, like like Luffy at this point has defeated Kaido. <laughs> Fucking Kaido. Right. He's unlocked gear five. Even massively handicapped, like 
he's still, you know, that's still yeah, puts him in a tier. You can't tell, yeah, you can't tell me Lucci is going to put up as big of a fight as Kaido. You can't. I'm sorry. You can't. The The strength of Lucci and CP0 is stealth. It's yeah, assassination. Quite frankly, like, if the world government had that kind of power, then they would have taken out Kaido already. Yeah. Right. So Actually, like, there's no way you can justify. There's only like five characters that you could justify <laughs> Luffy having a hard time against, in my opinion, at this point. Would, hmm, would that super weapon that em, the Emu has, would that be enough to take down Kaido? And maybe, uh, right? I feel like if it was, he maybe would have again. But also, again, maybe, that, maybe something that, that something big. like that is beneath Im's worry. Yeah. You know? So that, I don't know. again, that's that's the whole thing of like, yeah, character motivations and actual objective. Yeah, like does he just want to keep the, the world generally in a balance for as long as possible if he's truly immortal, right? And he just wants yeah. to rule. Because in that case, Kaido is just kind of chilling. Uh, let him yeah, chill, right? He, yeah, because. Yeah, because uh, that's true. Because they established that the three pillars of order in the world are the world right. government, the warlords, and the emperors. The warlords have been replaced by the seraphims, essentially because of that last vote at the reverie. So yeah, and with the uh, Lelouchia Kingdom, right? They're like, oh, they S- Sabo found out a bit too much about me. Gotta just erase it off the map. Control Alt Delete. <laughs> just wipe it out. Um. So yeah, that goes in line with the motivation of the emu, as far as we know. But yeah, so I'm just curious how the matches will go. So I think that in order to try and keep some tension, because I, we're, me and you both agree, like, yeah, CP0 is really outmatched in this case, even with the the S-Bear, right? The Kuma uh, robot. Um, I think that the, the big difference in the combat, like, ugh, objectives would be CP0 and the S-Bear, they're going to be out to take total destruction, right? They're going to be trying way lace to everything, while the protagonists are going to be doing everything just to survive the onslaught and just get Vegapunk and Bonnie out of there. Right. Then maybe yeah. that'll be their objective. Although we both, I think we we'll also agree that I think it's just best just to fight them then. And if that's the case, wipe them out, make short work of them, then sail the Elbaf safely. So again, I'm curious how Oda will play that out. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely interested to see how this arc's going to finish. Absolutely. Because is there even the yeah. possibility this is still a long arc? I don't think so, right? I don't think so either, but it still could be because they're meeting Vegapunk at records, so we could get even more plot dumps there. Maybe explanations about the Devil right. Fruits, for example. But, again, who knows? But, yeah, because we got the drop right away that Vegapunk wants to go to Elbath. Or he, he just wants to leave Egghead. He didn't say explicitly he wants to go to Elbath. Not yet. But we see the writing on the wall. Um, So we'll have to wait and see for that. Also, uh, we didn't mention it until now, but <laughs> Vegapunk's design. What do you think of him? The the real Vegapunk. Oh, I love it. It's so goofy. <laughs> like I I mentioned how it, it's Oda literally like, like there's a the picture of Albert Einstein. Yeah, yeah. Out, <laughs> and then you just stretch out the top piece of his head like into yeah, a, in it's a hilarious li- proportion. It's literally Oda flipping through history books, right, and finding a funny or weird picture and goes, "I'm gonna make that a character." Right, going back to the Trafalgar and finding a polar bear artwork, and then going, "That's going to be Beppo and Law." <laughs> right, <laughs> he points at that funny picture of Einstein with his tongue out and just goes, "That's going to be Vegapunk." Oh, the tongue needs to be longer though. Oh, the head needs to be bigger too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, also his he needs to look like uh Doctor Eggman from Sonic with his body proportions. He needs to have like a really small round body with long skinny legs. He needs that too. <laughs> But yeah, he straight up just is just Albert Einstein in that one picture. 
very easy to find. Just Google search Albert Einstein tongue, and that's it. And there you go. That's your there's your Vegapunk inspiration. Speaking of Vegapunk, though, we did get the other part of the flashback during the Will of Ahara segment. So the interesting portion as well was we all not only did we get first introduced to a young Vegapunk, but we also get introduced to Monkey D. Dragon. At the time when we first saw that connection a couple of chapters ago, I thought that was like a recent friendship or recent relationship they had. But the flashback shows no, they've known each other for decades. And that was like, okay, that's a, actually a deep bond. Okay, that's much more. And whereas oh, by the way, Monkey D. Dragon uh, during this flashback, he's just straight up wearing like the olive green military garb, looking like Fidel Castro. <laughs> I think it's pretty intentional there. Um, continuing that revolutionary aesthetic. He doesn't have the tattoo, though. What do you think a tattoo was on his face? Recognition? Yeah, because it, yeah, it doesn't seem like a battle scar. It seems like, a, like an actual like mark of the revolution. I don't know. Um, I guess we'll find out, but either way, so what we get confirmation is that Monkey D Dragon, he was starting like a group of freedom fighters, right? He was getting pent up. However, the will of Ohara is what pushed him over the edge to go, no, we're going full military at this point. We're going to be full on. Yeah, we're going to fight back because these are atrocities that need to be answered for. And then Vegapunk is, <laughs> Vegapunk's acting like <laughs> Trying to be a negotiator, trying to mellow it down, going like, hang on, the Navy's bad, sure, but they got some good people in there. I'm just like, Vegapunk, that's not the time to bring that up. You're looking at an atrocity right before you. <laughs> like, wrong time to bring that up. I know what he's trying to say, but there's a time and place to use that questionable line. But either way, the dynamic that we saw was very interesting for me, and that's what I wanted to bring up, which was Vegapunk and dragon the leader of the revolutionary army are still in connections they're still in cahoots and they are implying that they have a shared dream as well vegapunk's individual dream he's he wants to bring limitless abundant energy to the world right dragon's dream we still don't know but we can kind of insinuate if they're close buddies and have a shared dream maybe the ultimate goal is in fact world peace but different methods right different that's safe to say yeah, different aisles to approach. Whereas Vegapunk is tackling the science front, right? Clean energy. Yeah, they both progression. seem to have humanitarian ideals, right? So far, again, we don't know explicit one for one yet, but that's what they're leading towards. Yeah, because Dragon's associates at this point have been one hundred percent like on the good side. Like he was good friends with Cobra. He was good friends with the real Kuma. Now with Vegapunk, 
And we know those seemingly like like Cobra. He was a former Celestial Dragon himself, but his family long in the past renounced their you know their royalty line. Um, and then Kuma, obviously being Revolutionary Army himself, even though he's called a tyrant. Um, I'm curious what his full story is going to be. Anyway, um, so I wonder if the Revolutionary Army's or Dragon's ultimate dream is going to be like the like the government approach, the law approach, right? Make sure like this is the structure in play so that people aren't exploited. Again, if they're going with the whole revolutionary approach, traditionally speaking, it would be like structural change. Hence why the revolution. So Vegapunk being... Yeah. So Vegapunk being science and progression and then Dragon's approach for the world peace is structure. I don't know. I feel like maybe the revolutionaries are like in favor of like anarchy in the sense that maybe they want no governing body possibly again like we don't have enough information like again it's a it could yeah. be like oh it could be communist it could be socialist it could be anarchist it could be social anarchist we're not quite sure hell it could just be full libertarian for all we know yeah Liber- libertarian anarchy again we don't have enough information to 100 percent confirm my guess is only because the aesthetics that we've been seeing so far with Dragon and Sabo and the others is just like, that seems leftist. Where it's like, again, you have uh, Fidel Castro garb, you have uh, Che Guevara in the pre-chapter stories with Caribou. So that's why it's just purely based on aesthetics. Oda can easily just pull one in and he'd be like, they're actually environmental fascists for all we know. <laughs> <laughs> so, because again, we don't know officially what it is yet. I would assume not if Vegapunk and Dragon are talking about, oh, I, I don't like violence, but I have to do this thing. I'm like, ah, but a fascist would. Yeah. Anyway, so again, jokes aside, um, Dragon and Vegapunk having this friendship going back decades really puts a wrench in that original theory I had, too, where I thought Vegapunk was indeed like this mad scientist who didn't care what he created. It definitely does seem now at this point that he does have a benevolent um, viewpoint of science and what the benefits it could bring. But because he's under contract by the the world government as their lapdog, in Dragon's words, they're taking his inventions and they're using them in the worst way possible, right? It's the example of like, oh, I've, I figured out how to convert coal into like these engines. I can power these steam engines. Oh, this is going to help mm-hmm. transportation. Or a government can look at that and go, oh, we can fuel our battleships this way and have our navy, you know, move around much quicker. In, in this case efficient. though, it's more like the government looking at that and being like, "Whoa, you could you could transport drugs with that. No one yeah, exa- can use yeah, that." Yeah, exactly. You can't make exactly. that. Exactly my point. Yeah. Where it's just like, yeah. yeah, and they'll literally look at something like, "Oh, Vegapunk can create this machine that can automatically cook for you whole meals." And the government will go like, "No, nah, that's too easy. People need to work." <laughs> right? <laughs> right. But look to make at- our people lazy? Yeah. Oh, you could give objects devil fruit? Give it to all of our weapons. Don't give it to like buildings mm-hmm. or factories to help produce goods. Like, no, make it so that we can have like these deadly robots. And I'm just like, yeah, that's about right. Yeah, but we again, don't want that- self-heating pots. We want fire bombs. <laughs> fire bombs? What on on Mary Jo? No, no, no. Fire bombs on the, on the ghettos? No, fuck them. <laughs> Burn the dump around. <laughs> um. Anyway, so that flashback really brought that perspective into light. So it really re- made me rethink of my initial thoughts of who Vegapunk was, especially because when we first get told about Vegapunk via uh, Kuma, right? It's like, oh, he's this very tall and it, like empowering figure. It, again, like throughout the series, it made it seem like he's this very intimidating figure. So, but then again, this was Kuma when he's being augmented and maybe he's trying to help cover for him. I don't know. 
all these pieces are still missing. He was really portrayed as imposing. Very I mean, the fun. background art. I'm thinking of the panel where Kuma's. I think t- Kuma was talking to Zoro. It was Thriller Bark. Um, I mean, he he kind of says like he's the smartest man in the world, and he makes shit. True. I'm true. just talking about the art. <laughs> the artwork made it seem like actually that's that's true. I guess I think in I think that's just Kuma of, looking scary. <laughs> is what you're maybe. picking up on. Well, I'm thinking of the art behind Kuma because it's a it's an image of we actually see Vegapunk for the first time, but it's just his arms and chest. Do you remember that panel I'm talking oh, about? Oh, yeah. I, honestly, I, I don't even look at silhouettes in One Piece, if I'm being totally <laughs> honest just... with you, because I've, I've been around long enough to know that they don't mean shit. True. I don't, Do I don't you think... remember Kaido's original silhouette and Big Mom's? Uh, I don't remember Gecko Moria's. <laughs> I, I thought that would be I'm not sure if he I had remember one his at all. before he was shown. Maybe, like, briefly, but can't recall. Yeah. It's when, so... the, especially when, like, if it's a long time, if it's a character, like, that you're about to see, like, that is present, right, and you're just seeing a silhouette. Usually that's pretty accurate, but if it's just a silhouette of a random person you've never met before, no point even looking at it. Yeah, because the the silhouette was filled in, but the silhouette we did see was also, it looked like a regular sized, if not really tall person, and the Vegapunk we see now is like very Eggman, like I mentioned earlier, like very like mm-hmm. Dr. Eggman from Sonic. So yeah, you're right. So it's not 100% ever confirmed, even if it's colored in. But either way, I'm guessing even in the context of that scene... And even just the surrounding elements around the world and the world government and their creations, it always it heavily implied, not through direct confirmation, right? But it was always implied via like, oh, Vegapunk is in on this. He likes what he's doing. He likes creating these weapons of war. But obviously, though, as we just mentioned, the government is picking and choosing which ones to take and replicate. But then you look at Egghead and it's like, look at all this fun stuff. Look at all this, you know, energetic stuff, the stuff that can make food holograms the government doesn't give a shit about that so that's just stays at egghead but the stuff that's good like the seraphims they take that and replicate it in mass quote unquote good quote unquote good yeah science is very the stuff they want basically they take the stuff they can weaponize exactly the stuff Stuff... that you know is it's helpful to people they don't give a shit about that yeah so that's i'm also worried too where it's like what if vegapunk can get his dream of ultimate energy but the government looks at that and goes nuclear fusion you say hmm <laughs> and so and then we get the manhattan project 2.0 one piece style <laughs> so again like all these possibilities um but yeah lots of consider lots to think about i think i got everything i want to talk about with these last four chapters any other major points uh no i think i also got most of it out it's a lot of interesting stuff a lot of confirmations really and yeah that's really what it is a lot of confirmations and there is some new mm. hooks, like the we now know more about Vegapunk and Vegapunk and Dragon, learn a little more about Dragon. And there's the revolutionaries in general. There's also um the reveal that Vegapunk does want to do something for Bonnie before they head out or like give them to Bonnie. Yeah, I was gonna to guilt. give her something. I'm yeah, interested in what that is. Yeah. Is to... it hope or the information that her father is not actually just gone forever, probably? Yeah, probably like a secret to like develop like some kind of like uh like a like an off switch because you know how Kuma is still like basically a full on robot mode right now. Maybe like there's an off switch blueprint somehow that he mm, yeah. can give her like a, like a verbal command that or, gets or the maybe Kuma the real Kuma's memories are stored in punk records as well. That'd be interesting seeing like a a, a Vegapunk satellite, but instead it's a Kuma satellite, so he looks different, but that's the actual Vegapunk memories. That'd be interesting. Like um, maybe when Kuma gets into range, he'll be able to you know like maintain his sanity on, on Egghead. Yeah. Oh, that'd be another fight. If we don't get uh, S-Bear versus Straw Hats, we can get S-Bear versus Kuma. Straight up, Ooh, just yeah. like... 
and then Bonnie has to go, who do I attack? <laughs> it's like, your your dad has the black hair. The fake has the white That's hair. <laughs> possibility is that Kuma comes and he could just, like, send CP9 away, right? If he is coming to save Bonnie. That would be preferable. Just, like, don't have us waste time with a fight that we know the Strahots are going to win. Yeah. Just, um, just, in the just get him out of here. Oh, Kuma could also straight up just teleport the Straw Hats to Elbaf. What straight about, up. I could probably send the Sunny as well, huh? Yeah, yeah, just just could. smack the just smack the ship. Um, yeah. that would also be the excuse because remember the whole log post feature because I'm pretty sure Kid went to Elbaf. I'm pretty sure that's the implication because Law is being attacked by Blackbeard. Um, so if yeah. that's the case, they can literally teleport to Elbaf in a few chapters if we if Oda wants to speed run it. Oh, do you think that's how they could have the in universe excuse to speed up their traveling is have Kuma with them? Just smack him around and be like, oh, hey, take us to Mary Joa. Smack. They still have to travel there, obviously, because it takes, like, what, uh, three days to travel really far still um, see, with the power? Every time Kuma is close to the Straw Hats, I have to reconsider the theory that the Niku Niku no Mi ends up on the Straw Hats. The Devil Fruit and not Kuma. Or the, I guess it is also possible that Kuma himself joins, but that just seems um, less likely Sorry, given, for now that we know his backstory, right? Sorry for the casual fans like me. Nika Nika. Niku Niku 2 9. Uh, two of the devil. Oh, we talked about this. I swear. I literally said this on the air before. But there I are know, some people I'm, that have probably missed it. I'm, I'm brain farting on the name itself. Can you give me the English translation? Uh, the Papa Fruit. <laughs> Thank you. Name. Sorry. <laughs> I, I was pretty sure that's what you're talking about, but I just wanted to be it's sure. It's so that easy it, to, ju- you know, to just like auto filter that or. <laughs> Yeah, I just wanted to be sure because I, I had that little question mark in my head. So going like, he's talking about the Kuma's power, right? I just have to be sure. <laughs> right. But yeah, um, I'm still down for the possibility that, yeah, you're right, where the fruit yeah, ends maybe, up on maybe the Kuma ship. Yeah, maybe Kuma dies on again. And then, I don't know, then somehow maybe perhaps Vivi gets it, right? <laughs> I like that. I still like that theory it's so much where <sighs> yeah. we just get that a scene out of nowhere where, oh, especially because we get this reveal, right? Oh, Kuma smacked himself. He's on his way. And then... Boom, we're gonna be like, oh, the reveal, like, oh, something appeared out of thin air. Oh, and it's actually Vivi and Sabo or some shit. <laughs> and just like, damn, crazy, crazy plot so- twist. I know it's yeah, not gonna happen at this Sabo, point. We're past so- it. But, <laughs> uh, like, listen, at this point, I still think the Straw Hats need one more member on their crew. I was super confident it was Yamato. Now I'm thinking, you know what? Probably I don't Vivi. think we need one more, but I think it would be. I think one more. Or I, I think. Oda wants to to give one more surprise. That's how I feel. So I think there's going to be one. Right. It, not because of the the line Luffy said in chapter one, but because there's yeah. probably time he, for he one wants more. To, like, he wants to whip like a surprise in. Because we've been waiting for Jinbei for so long. It wasn't really a surprise. It was more like... Come on, Bon yeah. Clay. <laughs> oh, baby. Bring my boy Bentham back. <laughs> yeah, I, hopefully. I hope we get a surprise member that's like someone we would love to join, like Vivi or Bentham. <laughs> It, you know, it could be an actual surprise, just straight up like a group package. Yeah, or it's Vegapunk not... could, could be the surprise randomly. He's like, I don't want to leave. This ship's awesome. Oh, the ship's you awesome. I love it here. The, makes the <laughs> oh, literally he literally he could t- teach Frankie to turn the thousand the thousand something into a spaceship and literally fly to the moon or right. some shit. Uh, if we're going with that theory, um, I was thinking group package where it's like, oh, like, out of nowhere we get. Not only Vivi, we also get Yamato, Carrot, Bonk. We just, we just get literally, we get a lot of people at once for that just the time for the final be, battle. That would be surprising for sure to me. I would not expect that. 
yeah, like, I don't know if it would members be... all at once. Yeah, I don't know if it'd be good narrative speaking, but I'm just thinking surprise packages. <laughs> I'm like, hey, that'd be making everyone happy. <laughs> but yeah, for the sake of this argument, which was, is there going to be an actual 10th member, not not including Luffy, of the Straw Hats, Would you? what would your pick be? And I'm still thinking probably Vivi now. I definitely was yeah. 100% on board with Yamato until Oda decided just to retcon that shit. Um, I'm still angry about that, by the way. <laughs> But at this point, I'm hoping BB, because everyone else would be like, I could see it, but I still think BB has the strongest case. Because BB think... belongs on the crew. Yeah, everyone I... knows that. Yeah, the the one of the last, if not the last, no, it's one of the last uh, pages of Arabasta is the hands, right? The wrists with the X's, right? They're saying mm-hmm. their final goodbyes. Well, not their final goodbyes. Sorry, their departures temporarily, but their acknowledgement that she is a part of the family. She is a straw hat. So Vivi would make the most sense, narratively speaking, in the long run. Still, Oda was really selling it with Yamato. Anyway, 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 I think we're done. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going to have to Raffo to get the answers to all those questions. I want to talk true. to you about all this stuff, this new stuff that's happening. Where can they find you? Uh, you can find me at Jacob Miranda on Twitter, which, by the way, we have both seen Film Red at least twice now. We will cover that in the future. At some point, holidays are coming up. Time is rough, obviously, but yeah, we'll we try to make weird it. weird traveling conflicts, et cetera, et cetera, but... We yeah, are gonna. We're but, still still coming with you. Yeah. So instead of us usually saying please no spoilers about Film Red, you can also talk to me yeah, about Film Red spoilers. Uh, at Jacob Renda on Twitter, J A C O B M E R E N D A, all lowercase, all one word. What about you, Justin? And you can find me also at Twitter at Jitsu J I T S Z U. Thank you guys for tuning in. We really appreciate it. If you really want to help us out, you can support us on Patreon at patreoncom op is op. You could also leave us a uh, review telling us how we did. Uh, if we missed a couple of points, if you loved our stuff, please leave a review. It fuels us the same way that an abundant energy source would fuel the world. Infinitely. That, infinitely. I hope that was good. <laughs> I feel like that was a little forced. <laughs> Thanks again for tuning in. We'll catch you on our next episode. Happy holidays. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.